lighter note, coming up, the internet has nailed down the exact date of the day Ice Cube refers to in his classic song, Today Was a Good Day. The internet uh, proving two things, once again, that uh, it is a mind-boggling, amazing source of information on every topic, and that Americans apparently have unlimited free time to look into this sort of thing. So stay with us if you can. First of all, though, let's welcome uh, to the Armstrong and Getty Show Andrew Egger, a reporter for the Weekly Standard. He's writing about the FBI's apparent loss of five months of text messages between two Trump-hating employees and not only five months, but five critical months. Andrew joins us now. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks a bunch for uh, sparing us a couple minutes of your time. So, uh, listen, we're not... mm, we're not conspiracy nut jobs around here, nor are we um, like complete 100% uh, right wing types. We're, our thing is trying to figure out what's actually going on. Now, we tend to swing the conservative kind of libertarian way, politically speaking. But just so you know, we just want to know what the hell the government is up to. And this quote-unquote loss of five months of text messages at a critical time in the investigations these two people are are, are, uh, involved in seems really, really odd at best, huh? Well, you're not alone in thinking that. I can I can very confidently say that without uh, any of us putting on a, a tin hat, uh, this is not a good look for the FBI, right? I mean, there's it, it, it's possible that uh, at, at at the best, um, this is just you know really really convenient and really uh, negligent uh, behavior by somebody in the in the FBI who was you know sort sort of responsible for archiving uh, whatever material this might have been. Um, but uh, you know, at, and then at worst, obviously there is the you, you know you you hesitate uh, to 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 go the like conspiratorial route as you say. Um, but it is it is you know, very questionable why um, it is this particular set of texts at this particular time, um, uh, this period of texts that are missing uh, that could perhaps reflect badly on the FBI, bad on uh, Robert Mueller's investigation. It does raise questions as to how it was that this particular convenience set uh, went missing and and who sort of is responsible for that. Well, and I want to get back into those text messages and and some of the ones they found are ever been every bit as interesting as the stuff they've lost. But uh, there is an absolute there absolutely is an undeniable pattern from Hillary erasing the emails that she decided to erase. And then we kind of accepted it to the whole lowest learner thing the irs mysteriously erasing lots of emails and records the nsa recently got chewed out by a judge because they were supposed to preserve records from the bush administration they mysteriously erased all those emails and their backups and then you've got this i mean it just uh, until people start going to jail for 35 years i think every time something hinky hinky's going on and there's proof of it in the emails them emails is going to be gone <laughs> right, right, and I think that per- perhaps where the, um, the 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 divergence from the the conspiratorial uh, rhetoric on it is that you know we we don't again we don't know what was in those those text messages and we don't know why uh, they've gone missing. Um, but you don't have to believe that there's some you know vast con- deep state conspiracy uh, to overthrow uh, the, the the Trump administration or anything like that uh, in order to acknowledge that the FBI might not be being uh, completely honest about about what's happened here. I mean, uh, it could just as easily be, um, you know, 
employees trying to cover up uh, negligence or incompetence or, you know, just just trying to avoid the further black eye of, you know, a bunch of uh, anti-Trump sentiments from uh, this guy, Peter Strzok, who was at one point on Robert Mueller's investigation. Right. Um, because it, it's not as though it's a it's a crime for uh, Peter Strzok to have had these sentiments. Um, but it with the investigation being as politically charged as it is, um, it, it just, you know, throws more fuel on the fire of whether or not this investigation is, you know, a, a politically motivated, uh, a witch hunt, as the president calls it, uh, for this guy to have, you know, spent months and months uh, running his mouth off about how much he doesn't like Trump. Um, so it's, you know, you, you can very easily see why uh, the FBI would breathe a sigh of relief uh, that these uh, messages not be turned over, even though, you know, Robert Mueller himself is presumably, you know, grinding his teeth uh, down down to the gums over all of the sort of bad optics that have uh, started to surround his organization, you know, sort of despite his best efforts to keep it uh, apolitical and sort of hermetically sealed off. Well, right. And some of the uh, the texts rather that have been disclosed make it clear, for instance, that uh, well, it it seems to make clear that l- they knew in advance that uh, Loretta Lynch um, and James Comey both knew that Hillary Clinton wouldn't be charged. Um, you know, making fun of her uh, recusing herself is a real profile in courage since she knows no charges will be brought. This is days before, allegedly, she found out from James Comey that no charges would be brought. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a bad look for, for these employees, a bad look for the FBI in general. Um, clearly, you know, egg on the face of a lot of people involved. And I mean, I, you, you don't want to go too far because, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us would uh, be relatively embarrassed to have sort of our, our private conversations on any number of uh, political matters disclosed for the, the public to peruse. But at the same time, you know, the FBI is uh, supposed to be an apolitical uh, organization, you know, the, the sort of blind dispenser of justice. Um, and and sort of we've, we've known for a long time, or at least we've, you know, conservatives have suspected for a long time uh, that if Hillary Clinton had been a Republican rather than a Democrat, uh, a lot of the uh, 2016 cycle of her emails and stuff would have looked different. That's just sort of a thing that we've uh, sort of come to accept um, that, you know, People on the right don't always get the as, as fair of a shake as people on the left uh, when it comes to how the federal government's going to treat them. Um, perhaps the the more pressing question here now is just has any of that sort of animus bled into uh, the current investigation that is taking place uh, over the over President Trump? Um, and 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 you know I, I assume we're going to hear a lot more about that uh, as as this cycle keeps rolling forward yeah i would say that all sides have their backs up and are are on high alert for any malfeasance mm-hmm. to happen so you know honestly i think maybe we we may be at a a level of such attention and scrutiny that the, the investigation probably will be on the up and up so you know ironically enough uh, th- these latest revelations make me think that nobody would dare do anything nutty now maybe i'm just naive right. Uh, nutty, partisan, uh, unfair, et cetera. But, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Andrew Egger, yeah, and, and, go ahead, Andrew, fire away. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. And just one, one thing that I do think it's important to note in all of this is like, yes, this looks bad for the FBI, um, but we, I, I think that we sort of as the American people looking at this and judging all of this um, need to be careful that we, we don't necessarily know that this stuff should reflect badly on the special counsel because as 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 we remember, um, Robert Mueller dealt with this problem, this, this problem of partisanship, uh, 
of, of Peter Strzok having this anti-Trump animus uh, internally. You know, he, he removed him from the investigation months before any of this came into the public eye, uh, which I think is is to his commendation. Uh, and so we, you know, we should keep a, a close eye on this, as you say, but not jump to any particular conclusions about that just yet. Yeah. And the other caveat I issue that annoys our Trump fans in the audience, but is that if part of the animus that Strzok, say, had for Trump was that he was aware that the Trump campaign was doing stuff that's really uncool, maybe not illegal, but but uncool, um, cooperating with uh, Putin's people, although there's been no evidence, no real leaks at this point. But um, if the animus was based on that, then I'm OK with him being extra enthusiastic if his anti-Trump animus was because he thought crimes were being committed or America mm-hmm. was being betrayed. I want my FBI agents to really not like MS-13. It's fine with me that they really dislike violent criminal gangs. And in the same way, if something crazy was going on, good, be enthusiastic about it. On the other hand, if it was purely partisan animus and these FBI agents are conspiring with the, the, the unpalatable Loretta Lynch and, and uh, James Comey and the rest and, and overusing the powers of surveillance, the FISA courts, et cetera, et cetera, the American people need to know that and some asses need to get kicked. So, right, right. Yeah. yeah and, and at the same time, you know, you're you, the 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 one point that your your Trump uh, fan listeners have uh, that I think is very strong is that uh, that's all true when it comes to investigating Russian election meddling. Uh, but if it comes down to uh, the FBI finding not really any evidence of election meddling um, and then continuing to press the investigation purely on charges of obstruction of justice, uh, then I think they have a, a fair point in sort of crying foul on that just because uh, of the way that the FBI sort of softballed Hillary Clinton and the investigation of her emails, you know, didn't didn't sort of press charges based on her, you know, misleading people about that. Right. Um, and and, and that is where the question of po- political animus, I think, will become really, really important to this investigation. Uh, yeah, well said. Well said. Andrew Egger of the Weekly Standard. Uh, very informative, Andrew. Thanks again. I hope we can do it again soon. Yeah, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I like that last point, um, since they absolutely softballed Hillary and she... Uh, well, we know what she did. We went over it a hundred times. So, uh, listen, here's an idea, though. I tell you what, you, you I don't care if you're the NSA, the FBI, the IRS. I mean, uh, well, I was going to say a private corporation, but it's different from the government because, well, because it's the government. We have an entire system, a constitution designed on keeping us safe from government overreach. That's the reason this country was founded. Do you know that? Anyway, um... If some federal judge says, we need these records, and there's any evidence that they disappear after that request was made, I want to see the people in charge get 30 years in Leavenworth. Put them in Gitmo, hell, put them in the Supermax in Colorado. Anybody who would have ordered it, the low tech, the low level tech guy who who went ahead and did it. I want everybody in government to know: if you do this, you're going to spend decades in a little gray room with bars. And we've got to have new laws that, if you know, even if a judge hasn't declared it or whatever, if you go to the IRS, let me flip it on its head. Because I I believe this right down the middle to my soul. If the IRS is singling out anybody who attended the woman's march or 
Anybody doing the hashtag me too thing, although that doesn't have anything to do with the conservative or progressive, really. Um, anybody who's given money to Elizabeth Warren. Let's, how, all right, let's settle on that. If the IRS starts targeting anybody who gives money to Elizabeth Warren and starts messing with you and auditing you and making it impossible for you to get tax exempt status for your group, becoming a, a weapon of one party or the other. I want to prosecute it to the full extent of the law. And if that investigation is ongoing, all of a sudden, mysteriously, all the emails from the relevant period can't be found. And wait a minute, wait a minute, we have backup tapes. Oh, that's weird. Somebody's erased all those backup tapes. <laughs> during, <laughs> use your indoor voice, Hillary. Uh, somebody's erased all those backup tapes that would prove that the Trump administration used the IRS, weaponized it against Elizabeth Warren supporters. I would want everybody involved in that in Leavenworth wearing stripes. 100%. And the fact that it probably has happened against conservatives and and maybe the, the incoming Trump administration should not change it. You either love justice or you're just you're a partisan. Well, we shall see. Although I tell you what, I've been fooled in the past where... D.C. has been on full war footing. and We will seek justice. We will find answers. We'll use the full powers of this committee to bring the guilty to justice. And then it just kind of goes away, like after the midterms. So, who knows? Who knows? Uh, there's some legislators in California that want to confiscate half of your tax cut from the federal government, among other gems. Oh, plus more on animals on airplanes. The controversy continues on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. I don't know what we could use that for, but I feel like we should know that that exists. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, somebody, one of our listeners tweeted at us or emailed us or something, and you can you can do that. All our contact information's at um, armstrongandgettyradio.com or you know it's armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Although we're about to get a new email address and new uh, website and that sort of thing. I think uh, you can text us four one five. You got to get all the numbers right, Joe. <laughs> You got 100% is the only acceptable grade in giving a text number. 415-295-KFTC. But somebody turned me on to the um, Trump versus Talking Heads, which is only one of several in which little snippets of Trump's verbiage, as we just heard, are made to form the lyrics of, uh, for instance, in this case, the Talking Heads classic, Once in a Lifetime. Gotcha. <laughs> See if you can find that yeah. real quick while I'm talking about this. So listen, I'm not a big hippity-hop fan. 
I've been aware of, you know, the big albums and, and artists and stuff, and, and I absolutely respect some of the wordplay. It's just, it's really good verse, really good poetry, a lot of it, even though the early gangsta stuff turned me off, because I think crime is ugly and hate is hateful. But, having said that, for some reason, the internet decided to find the exact date of the day Ice Cube was referring to in his classic song, Today Was a Good Day, which was on what album, Sean? What legendary hippity hop album? Oh, I'm, I'm I know sorry, you're doing I'm, the other thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing the other thing. I, I missed Today that. was a good day. Is on what album? Uh, Ice Cube's. Oh, geez, I'm losing my. Was it a cred. solo uh, effort or? No, it was on his. Yeah, it was on his solo album. Doesn't matter. Somebody figure it out. Y'all sitting there with your the faces predator. hanging out. The predator. Okay, there it is. Winner. So clue number one. From the lyrics of the song, obviously, in the internet and people who have unlimited time to, for instance, put together Donald Trump singing a talking head song somehow. Clue number one. <clears throat> Went to Short Dog's house. They was watching Yo MTV Raps. Well, Yo MTV Raps first aired on August the 6th, of 1988. So we've got a uh, possible beginning point. Clue number two. Uh, Ice Cube's single, Today Was a Good Day, was released, released on February 23rd, 1993. So even if he'd recorded it the previous day, we have an end to our possible range of dates. Clue number three. God, this is small print. The Lakers beat the Supersonics is one <laughs> of the dates. Dates between Yo! MTV Rap's premiere date and the release of the single where the Lakers beat the Supersonics included November 11, 1988, November 30th, 1998. There are, 1988, there appear to be 10 to 12 dates where the Lakers beat the Supersonics during that period. Clue number four. Dates of those Lakers wins over the Supersonics where it was a clear day with no smog, clearly referenced by Mr. Cube in the lyrics of the song. There were only four dates in which the Lakers beat the Sonics that it was also clear. November 30th of 88, April 4th of 89, January 18th of 91, January 22nd of 1992. Clue number five from the lyrics of the song. Got a beep from Kim, and she can mm, all night long. Wow. Talented gal. <laughs> yes. Apparently. My, my. Mm. Beepers weren't adopted by mobile phone companies until the 90s. Dates left where mobile uh, beepers were available to the public. Where the Lakers beat the Sonics, and it was sunny out. January 18th of 91, January 20th, 92. Ice Cube starred in the film Boys in the Hood. Released late summer 91. It was being filmed, blah, blah, blah. but he was on set and too busy on set filming to have been watching the Lakers. Ladies and gentlemen, January 20th, 1992 was a very good day. That is fantastic to me. I love that. The internet it, is perfect. It is hilarious. Stupid and hilarious. Marshall <laughs> Phillips, what are your headlines, sir? Well, coming up at the top of the news, the Supreme Court's getting into the DACA battle. We'll have details coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Guinea. Beautiful. Is this the heavy hop now? Is that what we're hearing? This is a good day. Armstrong and Getty Show.
Hey, how you doing? It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're here. Jack's not. He's sick. Stay home, sicky. Ah, dang it. I was talking to one of the guys down yeah. the hall. Oh, man, there's been a couple of different pugs that have just ravaged yeah. the place. Uh, some of it when we're on a well-timed vacation, apparently. Indeed. Yeah. Um, but, oy vey, man, nobody wants that stuff, and it's just, it's everywhere. Yuck. Anyway, Marshall Phillips is here. He has our news. Marshall? Well, they're jumping in. The U.S. Supreme Court will expedite consideration of President Trump's repeal of the DACA program. A lower court has blocked the repeal. Now, the high court is asking for briefs in the case by February 2nd, but that's no guarantee the high court will agree to actually hear this case, but they are considering it. Trump announcing plans to end the Obama-era program that protects dreamers by March the 5th. The battle over the DACA program, one of the sticking points in the budget contest going on in Congress. And just another example, another symptom of the fact that our immigration system is just insane. It's a nutty collection of unenforced laws, unvoted upon policies, ignoring laws, you know, the uh, people bellowing emotions in the street. There's right. no way to run a country, son. Three USA Gymnastics Board of Directors members are stepping down amid the ongoing sexual abuse testimony at Larry Nassar's sentencing. Chairman Paul Perilla, Jay Binder, and Treasurer Bitsy Kelly have not said exactly why they're leaving, but critics... Bitsy? Bitsy. Ugh, I hate her already. Bitsy Kelly. Anyway, critics are saying USA Gymnastics failed to protect gymnasts from abusive coaches and Nassar. The resignation announced while a judge presided over a fifth day now of statements from women and girls who said they were molested by Dr. Nasser. More than 120 girls and women, including former Olympic gold medalists, have confronted him or had statements read during the sentencing. At least 35 more victims could speak. Right, so I understand. Now, I heard, and I, dang it, I, it's, I spaced it off. But one of our uh, gold medal uh, tumbling pixies, yep. who was molested, d- digitally d- d- just penetrated and raped, and the, this is terrible, terrible stuff this guy did, and he'll never get out again. She, in her statement, said, and I wish we had the tape, but I, I don't want to let the show end without mentioning it. She said, the only time you're going to see a woman for the rest of your life is when a guard comes to beat you with her nightstick. Or something to that effect. I thought, yes, Whoa. bring it. Yeah, originally there was only there were only going to be a handful of women that were going to uh, confront him, but then the list got longer and longer and longer. This guy was a monster. Yeah, he was a monster. He had no compassion for any human being but himself, and victimized hundreds. Well, certainly many dozens of girls. Yeah. Well, I know uh, it's, it's, it's a pity Jack is, is not here because I know he likes to keep up on top of the latest cutting-edge plastic surgery trends. Oh, yes. He was reporting on that only last week. And we have another one cuts popping up. Earlobe reduction surgery could be the next big thing. A procedure performed by a plastic surgeon who injects the lobe with local anesthesia and cuts a wedge out. The remaining lobe is then reattached to the head, creating a smaller and more youthful look. Apparently, due to a lifetime of heavy earrings and aging in general, the earlobe will often stretch as we get older. Oh, you don't want saggy lobes. No. Larger earrings are more and more in vogue all the time. The need for earlobe repairs and earlobe reductions has increased. The procedure, if you need to get it done, will run you a few thousand dollars. What? Yes. You'd think the earlobe would be easy. It's hanging out there in the open. You just, you know. It's not like you're you're giving somebody a new uh, pair of baboos or or you know calf implants or 
Or like a, a chin tuck or something. You're cutting on yeah. people's faces and all earlobes. You'd think it'd be easy. I don't think you understand all the intricacies involved there, I Joe. surely don't. L.A. Lakers great Kobe Bryant is now an Oscar nominee. That's true. Dear Basketball was nominated for Best Animated Short. It's a five-minute film based on a poem he wrote when he announced his retirement in 2016, and he also <clears> narrates <throat> it. The uh, short's animated by Disney's Glenn Keane, and the music is by Oscar-winning composer John Williams. Who, on the other side, so Kobe Bryant gets his first Oscar nomination. I doubt he'll have more. Uh, John Williams, I believe this was his 51st. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. Brian's poem begins, Dear Basketball, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. Hmm. That's the way the poem begins. And lastly, CBS says the AFC Championship game was the most watched game in the NFL season. The game between the Jaguars and the Patriots got a 50 share meaning 50% of turned-on televisions wow. were watching. Wow. It also got the highest... So much for the NFL is tanking on the TV narrative, yeah. it also, I guess. It also got the highest ratings of any program on TV, they're saying, since Super Bowl 51. And in case you missed it, the Pats beat the Jaguars 24-20. to Yeah, I, I, I missed that game. I didn't watch a minute of it. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So I've, hand, I've written a handful of screenplays through the years, and um, I ought to write some more just because it's really a good exercise for the brain. And yeah. I enjoy it. Um, I haven't sold any because I didn't have time. I didn't even try. Uh, but now my only Oscar dream is to write a song. Like a Oscar-winning song, because a handful of my songs have been used in a handful of indie movies, which is oh, an honor okay. and it's cool, yep. and and I hope more will be in the future. Um, and and that's my only remaining. It'd be kind of cool to get an Oscar thought. Although my speech would be, <laughs> oh, they they'd cue at the orchestra. <laughs> my five speech, seconds yeah. in. my speech would be. So y'all raped anybody lately? Play him off, play him Bunch off. Bunch of rapists. Play him off. Bunch of rapists. Immigrants. You're going to lecture me? Yeah, lecture play me about off. how to live what I ought to think, you goddamn immigrants. <laughs> yeah, we'd see how that'd go. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. yeah. They'd have to send the various action heroes out to, to chop me in the, the jaw and knock me unconscious and drag me off. Have Oprah bull rush me. I could sidestep her. Even my head, my advanced age and lack of flexibility. I can take you, Oprah. Bring it. <laughs> All right, so we've got the uh, the petering out. Final thoughts to come in a moment or two. Hope you can hang around. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just want to listen to the music. As long as I can have you here with me, I'd much rather be forever in blue jeans. Not one of my favorite Neil Diamond songs, but a good one, definitely. A lot of people like it. Even Nasty's retiring, got to Parkinson's, which is no treat, but we wish him well. What's that that Neil Diamond clip? Did we open the show with that? Uh, No, I don't believe we did. Is that easy to play? I know you have something else queued up, but yeah, let's hear that. People know me around the world. I didn't 
want that. I didn't expect that. I wanted to be a songwriter. I wanted to be able to uh, make some kind of a living being a songwriter, which, by the way, is almost impossible. Uh, but if you're lucky enough to be able to do it, it's it's the best life in the world. Okay, talking about fame and his life. All right, uh, so uh, listen, speaking of the music, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, people with unlimited time and uh, an impressive video editing ability. I've done you know tons and tons of audio editing in my life, and just a little bit of video editing, even if you're really good, it's a little time consuming. Um, so you know, I ought to shut up and just let you enjoy how funny this is. But technically, it amazes me that people do this. But then they get millions of hits and and they make money on it, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Donald J. Trump versus the Talking Heads. In a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you know, you may say to yourself, Well, how did I get there? Did they do the second verse, too? Uh, yeah, but that's right around here. You may ask yourself, Where does that highway go to? You may ask yourself, <laughs> Am I right? Am I wrong? And you may say to yourself, I guess they have uh, other songs, too, and similar. Uh... Get the hell out of here! <laughs> no, that's, that's enough for me, too, Mr. President. God dang it, that's funny. That's How long does that take? It's crazy. Speaking of the president, in fairness, the, you know, sometimes it happens, I'll glance at the clock, and the segment ends before I expect it to, and I don't quite get to finish something. Talking about uh, a couple of watchdog groups who filed complaints saying that the 130 grand the president allegedly made before he was president, I'm sorry, Donald J. Trump hotelier, made to um, that porn girl um, was a violation of campaign finance laws. And uh, they're calling it hush money. And this one attorney for Common Cause compared the situation to the uh, series of events that resulted in the prosecution of former Senator John Edwards for the nearly a million dollars in payments allegedly made by heavyweight supporters to cover up and deal with the affair he was having with videographer Riel Hunter back in 08. Um, and, and I mentioned that, then we ran out of time in the segment. It's, it's probably worth pointing out that a jury acquitted Edwards on one charge and couldn't reach verdicts on the others. Jurors said the votes were 8-4 in Edwards' favor on all the charges except one that was 11-1 to in his favor. So they didn't come anywhere near convicting him. The Justice Department quickly announced it would not retry the case. And um, the Federal Election Commission... Uh, closed their audit without insisting the money be included in Edwards' report. The head of the FEC at the time made it clear he didn't think the payments amounted to campaign donations, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a stretch. It's a shot in the dark. They're mostly just trying to embarrass the president for partisan reasons, it would seem. Um, now, if money is fungible, as Jack likes to point out, so 
if I were not a billionaire and I was running an election campaign and all of a sudden I've got $130,000 expense because I've been consorting with a porn actress and and like uh, who's uh, who's the uh, casino guy? Sheldon Adelson is that his name? Yeah, yeah. All right. So Sheldon, he likes the cut of my jib. Uh-huh. I got the whole libertarian thing going. Sure. I'm a patriot. I love this country. I'm strong on defense. I like Israel. He's really he's gotten yep. behind me big. Joe Getty for president. But I'm strapped for cash because I'm no billionaire. So I say to him, Hey Sheldon, dude, um, can you lay a hundred and thirty uh, grand on this porn skank girlfriend of mine? <laughs> Otherwise, she's going to go to the press. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to have to cut into my campaign dollars. Or maybe even I don't even say that. Right. And one of my campaign donors then pays that money to her so I still have campaign money. Yeah. I could see that being an illegal contribution. Yeah. To the extent that, you know, there's any lawfulness, legality, or decency in campaign financing anyway. Right. I mean, it's it's kind of, to describe it as fast and loose is uh, unnecessarily charitable. Uh, speaking of money, well, I don't know. What do we want? Do we have much time? We don't have much time. How much time do I have, Mike? got about a minute. You'd think I'd know. I've done this show for like 20 years. Yes. Um, about a minute. I'll just tell you that the whole era of airplanes being crammed full of animals is about to end. I just hope it won't impact legitimate service animals much. The scrutiny is going to be more, but... In announcing their changes Friday, Delta Airlines, who we talked about yesterday, said it flew 250,000 animals. Last year, which is two and a half times as many as the previous year. No, I'm sorry. It's two and a half times as many as 2015, which was two years ago. And incidents such as biting or defecating. Mm, hard to pick a favorite. I'd rather be uh, defecated near than, than bit, yeah. depending on the bite. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Uh, they'd nearly doubled since uh, the previous year. They mentioned that the whole uh, getting approved thing is now largely phony. You just go on some website. <laughs> but I like this sentence. Signed merit, medical marijuana cards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. This was written by Karen Brulliard, and I just appreciated the sentence in the WAPO. The result, airline officials complain, has been a surge in poorly trained animals that has turned some flights into airborne menageries, with dogs blocking beverage carts, cats urinating on seats, and ducks wandering the aisles. Airborne Menagerie, that was one of the screenplays that you wrote back in the day, right? It it was. It was like Dr. Doolittle on a transcontinental flight, and there are spies on board, and the animals help solve the crimes. There was no interest in it. None. None. Ah, boy. And now, final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty on the Armstrong and Getty radio program. It was like seven and a half hours long. It was like, like a Fellini art film. Um, but for kids, but for kids, yeah. And it turns out the, the kids mostly wet their pants while trying to sit through it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody wanted to distribute it either. Uh, Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hi, it's Marshall Phillips. Marsh. Well, you know, my mom passed away almost four years ago, and I'm still trying to wade through a lot of her stuff. And you know what I found really hard to get rid of? Grandfather clocks and pianos. Millennials don't want them. Wow. I mean, uh, it's really it's been very interesting. They ain't worth what you think they are. I want a piano. But I don't want one enough to take one. Michelangelo, your final thought. Yeah, today is National Pie Day. Laura makes great apple pies. Jack isn't here today. I'm just saying. Coincidence? Oh, Oh my God. He ate like two full pies. (laughs) 
and he's too sick to come in. Uh, Positive Sean, final thought. Yes, the nine films nominated for Best Picture combined to earn about $566 million in the United States, less than Star Wars The The Last Jedi's domestic box office. It's interesting. Art v. Commerce. That will be the topic of the entire show tomorrow. Uh, my final, final thought is uh, we certainly hope Jack can return tomorrow, but if not, stay home long enough to, to get yeah. well. Wash your hands a lot. Try not to touch your nose and eyes. Man, there is just dis-ease all over the place right now. It's that time of year. How can your nose touch your eye? No, that, there was a comma there. Oh. Try to follow my <laughs> punctuation. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. You can email us. You can tweet at us. You can text us. You can follow us on the Twitter. Y'all are great at seeing stuff we ought to be talking about. I mean, there's so much happening these days. So send it along. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. Bye-bye. Hello? I need my pills. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.